You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Keith? Oh, I'm sorry. I was doing my Captain Pike imitation. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Holy cow. Ooh, Alan Seiler. <laughs> Oh, my God. If you had answered like that in my class, I would have given you an A+. Dude, that was really good. Yeah, it was good. That was completely unrehearsed. Wow. And Veronica Dashiell. Hi. <laughs> good job. Good job, Veronica. <laughs> All right. Oh, Keith, that cracks me up. Yeah, <laughs> you got me, man. I was like, oh, me no. Me too. Technical problems. <laughs> that is hilarious. Wow. All right. Uh, we got some Star Trek news this week. Oddly enough, we have a lot of prodigy news. Yeah. First yeah. of all, um, I don't know if we've mentioned this before in a previous show, but uh, the second half of the first season will be coming out on Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. We'll have a complete season um, available that we don't have to rely on streaming services to be able to watch. And hopefully bonus content. I would imagine. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, we have, and I don't have the list in front of me, so forgive me because I didn't even think about it, but we have three tie-in novels, prodigy tie-in novels that are going to be right. coming out uh, later this fall, which is exciting. Yeah. And they have released a, a new clip from the first episode of season two. Right. This is so much stuff for a, a show that's basically already you know on the other side of the guillotine it's already axed it's already mm -hmm. done they may have another home for it at some point and we may see all this stuff but oh my gosh this is a avalanche of crazy stuff for a show well, that doesn't really exist anymore i feel like they weren't planning on canceling it and no. also they don't have any other shows in production or post-production right now so that's all they can <laughs> well, talk about well, yeah everything's on hold right now but <laughs> yeah yeah, and I came up in our group. If Annie Beth was asking, like, is there a home for the show? And if not, why are they promoting it? And I was yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they have an announcement they haven't announced yet. Or maybe they're just stoking the fan flames in the hopes of keeping the excitement going because yes. they're trying to sell it, you know, and, and a bunch of fans rattling the cages helps. Yeah, that that's that's exactly what I've said in the past is that they're either. There either is a deal in the in the air that we haven't been announced that, you know, fans don't know about yet, right. or they are keeping it alive in fan interest so that they can sell it. I mean, when they say we have a built in audience for this thing, mm -hmm. of course, then the comeback question is, well, why the hell did you get rid of it in the first place? Yeah. If you've got a built in audience for it. <laughs> right. So why would we want to take it on? Yeah. You know, so we'll yeah. see. That we'll preview clip is is pretty cool too. You mm -hmm. get the return of Robert Ricardo as the EMH. Yes, you get the Voyager A. Yes, with some so like stats on the ship and stuff. Like it, I mean, it whets the appetite to see. I yeah. I want to see it. I want to watch the show. Yeah, right. 
Agreed. So they're 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 doing a good job of keeping us, you know, salivating. Yeah, yeah. They there just was gotta a deliver the meal. Right. I've seen clips of a panel um, on TikTok from Star Trek Las Vegas or uh, Mission, the fifty-seven year now? mission. I don't know. They're calling it something else now. Um, but uh, and the producers, I think it was the producers. Maybe it was the writers. I, I don't. I don't know who it was. Um, we're talking about someone asks the question of, "Hey, what can we do to help?" And they're like, "Just keep." Putting it out there, yeah. tweeting, TikToking, whatever it is you're doing, and yeah. keep making the noise. And tag Star Trek Prodigy, tag Save Prodigy, and Save Star Trek Prodigy. Like, because I mean, there's someone there's, there's like the bean counters looking at that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's easier to sell a product if there's a bunch of people at the window going, "I want to buy it, I want to buy it." Yeah, <laughs> that's very I mean? true. See, uh, yep. so I mean, I would say keep making noise about it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, Keith, we have some this week in Trek this week. Yeah, I got a couple of things. Ironically, talking about new Trek, uh, two years ago, this three years ago, this week, August 6th, 2020, was the debut of an episode entitled Second Contact. Wow. Yay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was three years just that. like Woo-hoo. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lower Decks, of course, we're talking about. I think we talked about this before. Alan, I know many times said this is possibly your favorite of the new Trek series. Um, I. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never seen. Is it Rick and Morty that we're that yes, yeah. from? I've never well, seen an episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Rick and Morty, but I've become <laughs> one since. But I would say it's very different though from Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be because Rick and Morty is quite cynical in the yeah. style of humor and kind of right. grossed out with the humor. And I would right. say Lower Decks goes to the sweet side instead of the cynical side. Yeah, and oh, he totally. was just a writer on it. Right. M- Mike McMahon wasn't like the creator. Mm. He was like the science nerd in the writer's room. <laughs> ah, <laughs> okay. Well, he's blossomed. Yeah. And yeah. 45 years ago this week, on the 7th of August, 1978, principal filming began with James Kirk visiting the bridge of the newly refurbished Enterprise. That, of course, wow. was Star Trek, the motion picture, 1978, yep. August 7th. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. A movie that kind of divisive. You still have people say it's like the most boring thing ever. And then a lot of people, as people who are original fans, some, not all, get older. I hear more and more people say it's the only true Star Trek movie ever when, you, when, you're, when you're in that cap. Star Trek fans aren't good at in between. No. It's got to be like the worst thing I've ever seen or the best thing I've ever seen. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing. Um, usually I don't do birthdays, but this one's kind of important. On the 12th of August, 1921, one Walter Jeffries was born. Oh. The mm. man. Yeah. The and man. if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have any tubes. <laughs> this right. is true right. I mean among the things he designed was the Enterprise he came up with the saucer section the engineering hall the concept of the nacelles he designed phaser 1 and phaser 2 the handheld and the pistol grip phaser he did a huge percentage of the sets the landscapes the props and Charles for you he's also famously the designer of the Klingon D7 battle cruiser <laughs> not the Katinga I and thought they were the same <laughs> Oh, gosh. (laughs) It is amazing when someone does an aesthetic that lasts for this long. I mean, there's everything in Star Trek universe pretty much has nacelles, two nacelles, one nacelle, the whole concept of the saucer section and the engineering hole. I mean, amazing, amazing what that guy did. And he he took the concepts of flying saucers and rockets, which were science fiction at that point, and combined Mm -hmm. them. And combined them. Yeah. Right. And. 
it's, it's, it's genius. He didn't reinvent the wheel. He just took what was there and did something new with it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And the last thing, and for those who were alive at the time, I was, this was a heady time. 1978, we mentioned Star Trek, the motion picture had begun filming, which is cool for Star Trek fans. Also in the 70s, we're talking Star Wars had just right. premiered. Well, one year before the filming started in the motion picture on August 12th, 1977 was the first free flight of the shuttle enterprise which as everybody knows was named the enterprise because a billion fans not a billion but thousands and thousands of fans literally flooded nasa and the president with letters no internet back in the day letters to change the shuttle whose original name i forget help me out um (laughs) to the enterprise i don't know what it was going to be called initially yeah, I don't remember, but I, I do wish the fans had waited one shuttle. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, from from what I've heard, they certainly were intending to call a shuttle the Enterprise, because why wouldn't they? Yes. Because of the fans, we got the only non-flying or non-orbital <laughs> shuttle. Right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, fans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm not counted <laughs> among those fans. I wasn't alive. <laughs> That's this week in Trek. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're listening on the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break right here and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But don't go away because when we come back, we'll be talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. People keep asking, are we back? Yeah, I guess we're back. Back to talk about cigars, movies, TV shows, and any other nerdy topics here on the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com and ESONetwork.com. And we have a YouTube channel, at Cigar Nerd Podcast, where we do cigar reviews, live versions of the show, and any other dumb thing we think to record. Dun dun, dun dun, dun 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 dun. Spoilers! Wow, land shark, very dramatic. That was dramatic. I was going to try and do the Gorn music that they used in the episode, but I was like, I don't remember. Far off, yeah. Um, no, the spoilers for Star Trek: Strange New Worlds hit me, and I mean, it's this was the the season finale. Yeah. What what did you call it? Hegemony. Did I say hegemony? Hegemony. Hegemony. Okay. okay. I, I only know that because of Ender's Game. Okay. <laughs> oh. But I pronounced oh, it Hagamon. Okay. Well, <laughs> there was the there was the high, there was wasn't it the book The High Queen and Hegemon? Wasn't that the second book in the Ender's trilogy? No. The, was no. it? No. Speaking <laughs> for the dead. For the dead. Well, anyway. Jeremy. Yeah. Well, let's keep yeah. on going. So we have an opinion about Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> Is oh, that about Ender's we Game. Is that a yeah. show we were supposed to have been watching? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been listening to uh, Substation Rhapsody on repeat for last week, so I don't I don't know what's going on this week. <laughs> my, oh, wow! I think my this this episode for me, uh, my opinions are well known. This episode for me hit me exactly like a J.J. Abrams movie. It was entertaining. I enjoyed the special effects and the acting. I did not enjoy the subject. The Gorn, the Kirk. We know, uh, we know. The Gorn, the Gorn have changed even more than I thought. I mean, my gosh, there's a whole series of treaties. It <laughs> didn't engage me on that level, but it was exciting. And I also, honestly, outside of everything else I feel about the Gorn, 
the Gorn as basically xenomorphs is just not moving me. And that's just a personal opinion. But that just yeah. doesn't move me. It doesn't much for me at all. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, when we had the big episode last season, we talked about how it was just basically a pastiche of the Aliens franchise. Right. There were moments in this episode that were exact shots, like exact <laughs> camera shots of things yes. happening in that in Aliens, the, the second movie particularly. Right. I mean, it was like, come on, people. I yeah, mean, wow. this is. They yeah. looked more, you know, like the alien monsters and they, I mean, literal like shot, like, oh my God. I was like, I was frustrated by it. <laughs> I, I can also honestly say, cause I try so hard to not be subjective. I try not to just say, I hate, you know, again, I try not to come and say, well, I just don't like this idea. Therefore I'm not going to like it. But I can honestly say even outside of that, just the, kind of action of this just didn't move me. I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was great, which is, and it's a weird thing to say. I think I got more of a reaction to the musical than this. And that's not saying this is bad. I, I really put this in the, it was really fine. You know, I would watch it again, but it didn't do anything. It didn't feel special to me, which is a weird right. statement. I, I want to get two comments because they're relevant right. to what Keith is saying. And that, awesome. it, well, first of all, Elaine says, same here, listening to Subspace Rhapsody on repeat. But Matt says, there was a moment in this episode where I literally said out loud, oh, Keith is going to hate this. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. You know me, brother. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a run around a pew pew episode. Yeah. Uh, a little, a, a lot of alien, a bit of zombie movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, my thought this morning, and this is coming the week after the musical episode. I was yeah. like, you really got to turn your brain off for this one. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always some amount, amount of things in Star Trek that you have to just go with, like transporters right. and warp drive and plot points. But some episodes just keep hitting you with them. And it's just like, geez, Louise. <laughs> yeah. And I think because, again, it was it was absolutely, you know, I'll watch the episode. It was a good episode. They look good. The production yeah, is yeah. phenomenal. Great actors. Yep. But I think about other two-parters like the introduction of the Borg or <laughs> even Species 8472 with Introduced Seven of Nine. Um, some of the Deep Space Nine multi-parters, it didn't move me on that level because it just right. kind of felt like a very, perfectly acceptable action episode. And I think I wanted to see Pike in a different role given how little he's been in the series this this season. Mm. Okay. That, it's interesting that you say that, Keith, because mm -hmm. to me, it felt like one of those good old classic next generation two-parters and you mm -hmm. point out the exceptional ones, but what about times arrow, which is just a perfectly nice, yeah. you know, yeah, two-part episode, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, this is the first one of these that we've, well, for the most part, the first one of these that we've gotten in modern Trek, we did have the, the cliffhanger in lower decks where um, the captain was, you know, arrested, but, you know, this is, and as far as live action track, this is our first one. We, Discovery never did anything like this. Well, Discovery, they, they resolved it in season two, like they always do, but they also had the jump into the future thing, which uh, well, was a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, not so much a cliffhanger. Yeah. But it, it, it was a cliffhanger, but it wasn't, it didn't stop in the middle of a story. Right. Where it basically started a new story the next season. Right. But You're right. Resolving that cliffhanger. Right. So, I, yes, go ahead. So Chuck and I were talking about this earlier and how weak of a cliffhanger this is, because it's just like, 
Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to well, say. What am I going to do? Well, yeah, because it's, it's, I think they're going for a best of both worlds. Yeah. Oh, best totally. Of both worlds you have, he makes a decision. Fire. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And this one's right. like, Captain Pike, what do we do? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> dun, dun. But, yeah. and I said, where they needed to cut it is when they said they beamed our crew onto their ship. They've got our Boom. people, Enterprise, yes. in order to leave. To be continued. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Cut it like 30 seconds earlier. Yes. Agreed. Great ending. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. Right. And I, and in for a penny, in for the pound, while I'm babbling and complaining and B-I-T-C-H-I-N-G-ing about uh, callback <laughs> and fan service, Montgomery Scott, yeah, I wasn't feeling that he either. Was, he, but he was really good. I thought he yes. was a good Scotty. He was yeah. a great Scotty. Yeah. It's yeah. Once you don't like it. something, you just don't like it. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I think he was... as. For one, I like that he's actually Scottish. The yeah. actor, I looked him up. Ah, uh, yeah. Scottish actor. Yeah. Uh, but he's still giving a little bit more of a Scotty lilt to it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I haven't heard him speak in his natural voice, but I'm guessing he's laying into the Scottiness a bit of it. It is a little weird now that Scotty looks like he's younger than Kirk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. A lot. Of how it had always been. Scotty's like ten years older than Kirk and looks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's not a deal breaker. They need to find the best actors they can find. It's yeah. Right. I'd rather have a good performance than they look their appropriate At age. At first, when he came on on screen, I uh, thought he was just that same guy, Doug, from earlier, the red shirt guy with the, the black hair. And he looks kind of like Doug. But then as soon as he had the Scottish accent, I was like, oh, <laughs> we're doing it. this now. <laughs> oh, that's great, Doug. <laughs> that was his name. Yeah. Matt says, I thought the Scottish bro was a tad too thick. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that might be his natural voice. So yeah. you know, I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I I think he's adding some Scottyisms into it. But he is he's yeah. Scottish in real life, which yeah. is the first time we've had a Scottish actor playing Scotty. Yep. And Elaine says, "I loved that Pelia knew Scotty." Oh, uh, that too. was hilarious when she was like, "He was he was my best worst student, <laughs> right. my best student with the worst grades, or something yeah, like that." I could see that for Scotty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I mean, a lot of times the small universe thing bugs me, but it makes sense for her. Yeah. She's been teaching yeah. engineering at the academy for a hundred years. Mm, yes, exactly. It makes sense that he would have come to her class. Right. Um, well, not that she's the only engineering professor. No, but if he's in, the, if you're in an engineering major, say, it's yeah. not unusual that an engineering instructor would know who you are or have to yeah. you. Well, yeah, I, 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 I know, but they all yeah. seem to be in her class. <laughs> That's true. That's a bit. That's a big class. Right now, you'll find out that Spock's, Spock's mom was like auditing her class for some reason. That's how she knows her. <laughs> did, did we find out yet how cause Amanda was on the show? No, we uh, didn't. They didn't say how they knew each other. Okay. No, they did not. Say. They did not interact at all. In fact, I don't even know if she was in that episode, was she? Yeah, I don't think so. She wasn't. She was yeah. just mentioned. Okay. Okay. Speaking of say, um, saying things with no explanation, <clears throat> this is about this week's episode. Um, the the whole plan to rescue the people and take out the suppressor thing was mm -hmm. to, you know, super glue some retro rockets onto the remaining chunk of the saucer section of the other right. ship, the Cayuga. Right. right. Why, why is Spock the only one who could do it? He says, right. humans cannot do this. It's a tricky thing. I'm the only one who can. And then he gives a, an explanation. And the explanation is basically, we need to do this in order to rescue the people. I'm the only, only one who can do it. Therefore, right. I'm going. Why? Yeah. I, I, I think I, it was that, that thing for Christine. Still I thought so, too. But he didn't look for Christine. He was just doing his job, and she found him. Yeah. yeah. 
And I don't yeah. understand. I mean, you know, we've heard this so many times from Spock because of right. his, you know, the composition of his blood or because of, you know, mm-hmm. his right. his super mm-hmm. strength or whatever. So right. is a suitcase of retro rockets so heavy that a human couldn't lift them? I mean, is, but they never said. Right. Yeah, that made no sense. I was going to expect something like to, like you're saying, Alan, something like there was some radiation out there that only he could survive for that right. period of time or right. some kind of or MacGuffin like that. You've got to do computations on the fly, and Spock's the only one who can do the math in his head. Right. Sure. Something, sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Also, the thing I thought was, I mean, earlier they had said, yeah, there's pockets of oxygen. People could be alive and yes. the, the hope that Christine would be alive. They right. didn't check before they just launched this thing into the, I hope not. I had the same thought. I had the same thought. He got Christine. He's like, okay, away we go. (laughs) (laughs) Either she was the only one on the ship who survived, or like, sorry, y'all, I'm not in love with you. Yeah. Now stuck on that name, Charles. I see the ship crashing. Ensign Doug is like, hey, I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about where it's just like, it's not making sense scene to scene, you know, like it, I know we it, give it a hard not. time when you don't match up with a 50 year old show, but you kind of forget it. It's like, we're talking about the same or like in last week. I mean, last week's episode, the plot was that they were messing with this subspace fold right. to increase their range. They could talk across thousands of light years, which they right. already do. And they did yeah. this episode. They had a FaceTime back to headquarters from outside the Federation. <laughs> so what That's true. Hold for. And I did chuckle though when he when uh when Pike said, "Well, I'm not bur- breaking out in the song." Yeah, uh, that's something. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty funny. Uh, and, you know, back on the scene with the saucer section that they crashed, I will say that the view of that ruined saucer section was amazing. Was yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Man, that looked good. And I got to give credit where credit was due. That adult Gorn in the spacesuit was awesome looking. Mm-hmm. I gotta say that was one of the best I with the helmet on that mm-hmm. what's spark took like a thingamajig and stuck it in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool to see articulated tail spacesuit thingamajig. Yeah. That was kind of cool. So I actually enjoyed that. Yep. Yeah, I had yeah. the same thought. It was like, are we sure everybody's dead? But he got Christine. So hey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all we care about. <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't know any of those other people. <laughs> right. Okay. Let me get this comment from Matt. He says, I I have heard complaints about prequels being that we know the fate of characters, but Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time where it really undermines the suspense of the episode. Knowing Chapel's and Mbenga's fate is really weakening the story. I kind of agree with that. I think that if you knowing that what the the story writing has to do is to make the tension you know, like for the half of the episode, we didn't know where Christine was. So you have to make the tension. Where is she? How does she get out of wherever she is? And I think that they tried to build on that, but you, you know, she's going to live. So so the suspense can't be whether she lives or dies. It has to be something else, another factor. Right. And that, that, that doesn't really bother me because most of the time watching Star Trek, I'm pretty reasonably sure none of the characters are going to die anyway. Exactly. Unless unless it's a contract dispute, they're probably going to be fine. (laughs) But really, that like you said, the tension is more in like how how are they going to get out of this one? Right. Now they're really in a fix. How are they getting out of it? Um, exactly. For me, that's more where the tension. Comes from. I, I gotta say though, um, knowing that the entire landing party, except for Ortegas, we know that they're going to survive because they're on the original series. Right. She's the only one. Right. In the landing party, and she's a red shirt. Yeah, that's right. And this morning, yeah, because it was like 
yay, my first landing party. Yeah. She's like, she's oh, like, she's got <laughs> Why do I want to do that? I'm like, oh, she's dead. Right. <laughs> okay. I don't Let want her to be dead. I love her to death. She has oh, me the too. best oh. quotes, but. That is so funny. No, I I don't think I don't think she's gonna bite it. But let me tell you who I was a hundred percent certain for half a season was gonna die. And that is Battelle. I was sure that they were gonna commit some terrible act of fridging. Um, where because let me tell you why. Um we she had the romance with Pike. They broke up and then they reconciled. And this thing always happens after the couple reconciles. Then last week they gave her a first name for the first time ever. And then this <laughs> week she got the opening captain's log. And I thought she's a she's a goner. That's it. Apparently. So I think that we aren't going to lose her. Thank goodness, because now they're doing that thing again where the tension is how does she survive? And she is a character that we don't know from the original series. So we don't know that she lives past this. So we do have that, that sense of suspense about whether she lives or dies. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. But she was not around to take care of Pike when he mm -hmm. gets hurt later. So, cause Spock had to come in and take care of him. So, well, I mean, that's, just, that's still a ways away. They yes. Just split up. We don't like, but, yeah. Going on. yeah. Yeah. They could have just broken up. That was my thought when she was like, Oh yeah, I, I'm Gorn bitten, scratched, whatever. The zombie bit me. And yeah, I'm hiding the bite. That's right, what it was. right. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's gone. Hey, yeah. As soon as the uh, as soon as the uh, Gorn did back to, back to your point, Alan did the kind of recreation of the scene from Alien where it was face to face with her. Yeah, went away. You know, and then it went away. I sit there going, he's like, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Like, like seriously, there's nothing I, I want to tell you, and there's nothing you need to tell him. You know, so, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. you got a damn baby, uh, Gorn baby in you. No, <laughs> yeah, you you need to say something real fast. You know, and this it won't hatch for another day. Uh huh. Right, you're sure of that. Yeah, that's as, as soon as the other captain shows up, that's something you pull him aside and said, "Here's the situation. I've got about seventy-two <laughs> hours. I'm trying to do what I can, but be ready to yes. shoot." Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Matt says, and this is a continuation of his previous comment. I did think the direction of the fight scene in the ruined saucer was amazing. Yeah, that was really was pretty. The zero, yeah, yeah. I and liked it they, a lot. They did at, it really well. And at the end, when they rose up out of the destroyed bridge as the yeah. ship, that was a great scene. They were a little yeah. bit with a slow motion. I'm in, I'm, I'm weightless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. They can't get away from that. And, right. and at the end, when they are like holding hands, they were very obviously standing. They didn't even bother to like suspend <laughs> them. So it looks like their legs are dangling because it very obviously was. Those are butts that are standing, not floating in the air. <laughs> butts, standing butts. You can tell Muscles the difference butt. between a standing and a floating butt. butt. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Elaine says, they talked about the effects of the Gorn on this week's Ready Room. The actor in that suit had a lot of work to do. Oh, I heard there was talk about it in that one. We didn't get yeah. it. We didn't get a chance to it. We didn't get time to watch it. I wanted to <sighs> before this, but yeah. I suspected that there was a suit. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad there is. Yes, and Christina Chong is the the big guest on this week's oh. episode. Yay! Okay. Or was she last week? I don't she know. Was, I, she was I, on there last week. Oh, yeah. never mind then. I don't know who's on this week other than the Gorn dude, apparently. Yeah. Um, Oakley, Scotty, or Doug? What? Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, "Hush your mouth, Veronica." Ortegas is not allowed to go anywhere. I agree. I just yeah. got really. I just was like, "Oh, she's gone." Sorry. 
Now, right. if it had been Sulu they had found, I'd feel like she's not coming back. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That is correct. And, and, and that makes me wonder. I've, I've thought ever since the beginning of this season, when they announced Carol Kane, I thought she's just going to be a placeholder until Scotty shows up. So <laughs> now I'm afraid that we have one more episode with, you know, with Pelia, whether she leaves the ship or dies or something. I hope not. I hope that this is another Kirk situation where he's just going to show up once in a while and we have Pelia at least for another season. I, I liked him and I liked their dynamic, so I wouldn't mind if you if I he would, was like her assistant next year. Yeah. I would love that. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah. Like what, she's trying to keep him in line and he's all like, let's jerry rig all these things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he can fill in when you can't afford Carol Kane for every episode. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, Matt says, I do wonder about Battelle's fate. Well, well, and and here's the problem with this. We have a, a big cliffhanger in the middle of a storyline. We have no idea when we're going to get the continuation. Yeah. I was like, it's it, going to be a tears. It, it, will, it will not be next yeah. year. Definitely. Right. Yeah. It might, I think it's a strong chance of 2025. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And by Early then I won't even remembered what happened this episode. I know, right. <laughs> um, Elaine says, Battelle is not out of the woods. That is true. Mm-hmm. Tiger blade. 2002 says, and poof, here's Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Elaine says no guest, but lots of, uh, but lots about the puppets and animatronics. Oh, I, excellent. Yay. Yeah. Excellent. That's I love puppets. Do you now? <laughs> As you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> puppets in the background. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to mention, I've been kind of a negative fancy on this episode, but oh. I do want to mention that one thing I really liked was that the, the colony they were at looked like an old fashioned town. Yeah. Like it could have been the 40 acres back lot almost. That's oh, something yeah. that felt very TOS to me that you go out to this planet and it you beam down in this Mayberry. Yes, you know, that, exactly. That, that feels exactly. Like TOS. Yeah, I exactly. thought so too. Yeah, I like um, that. I looked up and I should have known this because I've been studying a lot of mythology recently, but I've forgotten this one. Parnassus. Mm-hmm. Parnassus is a mountain in central Greece associated uh, uh, adjacent to the site of the ancient city of Delphi, the Oracle of Delphi, <laughs> associated with Apollo. And the Corinthian Christian nymph, it was the home of the muses. And that term is associated with poetry, literature, and learning. I don't know what it had to do with that little town, but... Maybe we'll get a space hand next week. (laughs) (laughs) Or next year, or next two years. Yeah. They made a point of calling it Parnassus Betas. That's good. I mean, pulling a name from mythology is very, like, Mm -hmm. 60s sci-fi also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I think that's great. Yeah that, yeah, that part of the show. I mean, I like this episode. I had a good time watching it. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there were things about like, okay, so like they, they had the the Gord drew a demarcation line across the orbits of the planet. Does the does it does it move with the planets, or do you have to wait until it comes around? <laughs> I didn't even know. I, I, didn't just, I, I didn't catch that. That's great. Yeah, like how how does that work? Like, oh well, two weeks and it's ours again. <laughs> and you know that's funny because they have established a shared planet earlier this season where the mm-hmm. Klingons have it for six months and then we have it for six yes. months. Maybe we'll have that same kind of thing. Yes. Maybe we're in like the planet sharing, you know, <laughs> s- s- part of Federation history. I don't know. Maybe where we just lease out territory to <laughs> the highest right. bidder or something. Right. Or the Speaking one with the biggest sh- red marker. With sharing territory with the Gorn, for one thing, I don't understand why they're like, no, we can't risk war with the Gorn. Thank and you. they just like blew up two of their spaceships. 
Well, and we're eating people. Or... They just came out of a war with the Klingons. I think they're. They don't want to go to war with anybody. But also, I mean, the especially the. They're like know, we're working it out with the Hajinami, and I, and I'm like, no, you're not clearly because they're yeah. just like coming in and blowing up spaceships. I mean, if they're going after I... the planet, why didn't they go after the planet and leave yeah. the Starfleet alone? They could have left the spaceship alone at the very least. I agree with that, Veronica, because I was thinking they could have at least given us a back a background like the um, the Maquis in uh, Star Trek and Deep Space Nine, where after the war they signed treaties and that's how the territories ended up the way they were. Because to this point, it was kind of like, well, officially, to your point, Charles, like, well, officially, they're like a mile inside the line, so they're dead. You know, <laughs> they're toast. Yeah. Like, well, hell, the, the Federation line is like right over there. So that was a little <laughs> odd to me. Right. But, uh, that was a little weird. Something that got me in this episode, when you, you see the shuttle flying through the debris. Yeah. And they're like, we've matched the speed and velocity of the debris. Only they're moving past <laughs> all <No>. the debris. <laughs> <laughs> what debris are you making velocity with? I mean, the okay. idea was a good one, but. Right. I'm glad it's not just me this week doing that because I, I was know, thinking I the same. this week. I don't know. Well, but, but I had the same thought. It's like they're like the Gorn aren't going to pay any attention. Like, well, all this debris starts like doing crazy eights and stuff. They're gonna kind of notice something. Yeah. <laughs> Although it was cool to drop the sausage section on there, jamming. Yeah, I mean that's a, a mm-hmm. good plan. I thought that was cool. Yeah, but that was the funny part is that two different parties at the same time were coming up with the same plan. So they were basically going to like both of them crash something into <laughs> the right. big yes. tower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt says, why would you put a demarcation line in the middle of a system anyway? It's like putting a country border in the middle of someone's house. Yes. I will say I, yeah, exactly. I do know <laughs> of a house in Florida that is on the county line. So half of the house is in one county. And half is on the other, so it 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 can wow. happen. Yeah, maybe, so there you more. go. Maybe they just specifically want this half of the system. Like I, we don't yeah. even care enough about that planet to claim the rest of the system. That right. one you can have. Exactly. Um, I did think that was weird though, and they, they even showed the orbits of the planet, the line just going right through the middle of it. Like, <laughs> well, when does it get here? <laughs> maybe it's because half of the year when that stupid light makes them go crazy and eat people thing. Maybe it's the half of the year where they sleep or something. <laughs> Maybe, well, maybe, could be. Don't that whole weird that, thing about yeah, that whole weird thing about coronal mass ejections make them go into a feeding frenzy or whatever. I thought right. that was a little. Uh, I just, I personally just don't like the Gorn being reimagined as basic xenomorphs. I, really, I, I, I've never heard you say that before. Yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> all right, smart guy. <laughs> yeah, I just wish, I really wish they'd done a different race. Um, but so that that kind of just a new yeah. race. Well, here, yeah. it, that's right. that's exactly right. Because here's the thing, like all the series so far have taken a quote unquote legacy species that they yeah. have sort of adopted and developed, you know, like right. Next Generation took on the Klingons and did mm-hmm. really, really great new deep things with them. DS9 took on the Ferengi and the Trill. Mm-hmm. Voyager did new things with the Borg. The Enterprise had the Andorians. But all of those shows also had original newly created major foes that were endemic to that series. The right. Borg originated on next generation. DS nine had the founders and the Jemadar. Mm-hmm. Voyager came up with eight, four, seven, two. And well, we have to stop with enterprise because all they could come up with was a Sulaban and we don't need another one of those. Well, they got but, in there though. Yeah, that's true. Okay. That's true. But yeah, they, yeah. they were a one season thing though, unfortunately. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. 
I, I don't have any problem necessarily with them doing this with the Gorn because every series has done this. They have taken right. a, a, a species that's already existing and doing new things with them. The problem is that they also need to come up with a major foe of their own. That's, that's identic to this series. Mm -hmm. The problem is you can't do that with 10 episodes a year. Mm -mm. If you want to devote, you know, two or three episodes in this case, it was one, but we had two last season of to your legacy, you know, threat, and then also do an animated episode and a musical episode. And, you know, all this other stuff, you can't do all of that stuff in 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think, it's also about time to do it, but I mean, it's not just strange new worlds. I mean, Star Trek's been back since 2017. That's six years, a lot of right. shows, a lot of episodes. What would yeah. you say is the, the most memorable new foe we've had since then? None. None. No. I mean, maybe um, Gwen's dad. Yeah. Which okay. Maybe it's saying how memorable they are that I had to say Gwen's dad because I just forgot <laughs> the name. <laughs> the Solon? Was it the Solon? The boss. The boss. The boss. I don't know. I want to say Voss Narada, but that's Doctor Who. <laughs> no. <Narada>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, it's across all new Star Trek. They they really haven't put any emphasis on develop. Now, Lower Decks, I think the trailer for this year had some weird ships and somebody's attacking them. Mm. Hopefully they won't open it up and find out that it's somebody from next gen. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be something new because it's a new what- pack led ship. Yeah. Now that you've got you're across different time periods on these shows, you could have Captain Pike make first contact with a planet who emerges as a foe on lower decks or menaces Picard. If they planned it by a thousand years later, they're threatening the galaxy and discovery has to save the galaxy. Like you could develop it like that if Mm. they they wanted to. Exactly. Mm. They could. Even with only 10 episodes in a season. Right. And we've been saying that since after discovery started and they started adding on new shows, we've been saying these shows take place in different time periods. We should have them linked thematically if not narratively so yes absolutely do that stuff when they used to do that in the star trek novels in the 90s they'd have a crossover but it's not a crossover it's just a story that went there's four four books one's next gen one's tos one's ds9 and it would follow similar themes or stories across those those, absolutely i like that me too um wayne says Hang on, I missed it. Wayne says, and this is going back a little bit. No kidding. The mm-hmm. Gorn destroyed a Federation starship and they blew it off. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yes. Wow. Oh, I forgot. That's right. Because there's two ships, right? Well, there's actually two ships. Scotty's ship also, right? The Sun, sun, sun Which, Rider? Sun, the, sun Diver? Sun Diver? Rider. Yeah, yeah, Sun Diver. Something. Yeah. yeah. Um, which we never saw. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt says, I don't think 20 plus seasons are feasible, but does he mean episodes? But even if they manage 14 to 16 episodes must be even breaking them up in half seasons, they could do a lot more of these things. Exactly. I think even 13 episodes a season helps with that kind of situation. Yeah. I I mean, it depends how they release it because Prodigy, they're doing 20 episode seasons. Yeah. They're releasing 10 in a year. It's so dumb. And so yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it's... No, I it, felt, it felt like they're like right. two separate seasons. Right. But I think that if you just carve out time like they have for the Gorn, if it, if mm-hmm. it was something new besides the Gorn, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep complaining about the Gorn, but like you say, I would love to see something new. Absolutely. I got to say that Lower Decks, with its 25, 30-minute episodes, was able to develop the Packleds mm-hmm. more than they've thing. developed the Gorn. 
true. But I mean, they, we've only had really three Gorn episodes now. Yes. How many Packlet episodes do we have? Like, oh, I don't know. three. But they had that well, whole one where that Packlet was a tourist on the ship and trying to be a spy, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that one was awesome. <laughs> but there's also like, how much are you actually going to say about the Packlet? Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I do uh, like it. It seems like it seems like they're following some kind of at least long plan with the Gorn. We're hoping yeah. to develop a better understanding of them. Because like Akiva Goldsman's been saying since the Gorn came back last year, I want the Gorn because we need an enemy who's just pure evil and a monster. I'm like, yeah. but that's not happened in Arena. The whole point of Arena was that they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. But right. If they're right. But if they're building to Arena. Then, I mean, already in this episode, you had Captain Pike pretty adamant that the Gorn are just monsters. But then, wait, they have a little more complex behavior. Yes. Yes. Um, so may maybe they're building towards gaining at least some understanding of the Gorn. Um, maybe. Yeah. But mm, they're straining. I, I know they must. I know they must have a, a, uh, a document they've written for people like me. <laughs> where every single objection to the Gorn from the original series, I bet they have a line. It's like the rules of acquisition. Because you say, well, you didn't say this. I, they must have it. Because to, to what you're saying, Charles, they're trying to connect this. And even I, and I was, again, I was trying to give it whatever. But then when they were like, the Gorn protocols, the Gorn killing phaser, I'm like, holy crap, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're yeah. really stretching to try to connect with the original series where they literally act like, like they didn't have a Gorn phaser in the original series. They didn't mention the Gorn protocols. But of course, they didn't say there weren't any Gorn protocols. So that's, that's right. how they do it. Right. <laughs> if if only we had just like packed some gunpowder into a big tube, and uh, that would have done it. <laughs> that would be rad if they just open that case oh, and it's a bamboo great. tube. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that'd be great. The Gorn um, protocol, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> our friend Clarence Brown from the Discussing Trek podcast. Hi, Clarence. Hello, Clarence says it was nice to see a full size Gorn in this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I, and I like the look of the full size Gorn better than yeah. the juveniles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We haven't seen him walking around yet. They're still like clinging to ceilings and, and dropping yeah. down and things like that. But also, I mean, on that topic, I'm not used to seeing Starfleet officers saying like, it's a baby. Kill it. And I'm just like, whoa. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I know that the baby spit venom and stuff, but still like. <laughs> You know, it's like if it was a humanoid child, you wouldn't be like, it's one of the kids. Get it. <laughs> but, but this baby also eats you to survive. So. And then also it's not it, cute. It's and the babies the that impregnate you. Do the right. adults impregnate right. I don't think the adults impregnate you. But even if, if it had all the same behaviors, but it looked like a little girl, then they would have a crisis of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Killing it because it looks sweet. And I, I don't know if I can, you know, but I mean, if, if these things are. We know they're sentient. They're flying around in spaceships. Right. And these are the, the juveniles of the species. And we know that. And we're just yeah. like, boom. Hey, the new phaser works. And exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, they are, yeah. they are people eating lizards, but they are lizards that can build a tower that suppresses all forms of penetration around the planet. You can't right. get communications in. You can't beam. You can't do sensors. You ain't got nothing. So right. they're not just stupid monsters. They're not animals. Right. Yeah. But that's how they're portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a problem with that. And Um, if it stays that way, I'll continue having a problem with it. If this is a a, a process of over the course of the series, oh, they're not monsters after all. And just instead of an episode, it was over a series. Yeah. Okay. I'll, 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 I'm okay with that. But still, it just struck me. 
it's one of the younglings. Get it. <laughs> and then there was no remorse. It was just like, this new phaser works. Like, <laughs> right. Um, okay, so Matt says, Keith's rules of aggravation. <laughs> Wayne says, yeah, but does anyone that. else think the Gorn looks slightly alienish? You must slightly? have come in. You must have come in halfway through the episode because we <laughs> spent a bit of time talking about that. Absolutely. Or should I say griping about that? They're a bit yeah. alien, a bit xenomorph. They're yeah. trying to be a bit bored now. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're doing the salad. <laughs> the Gorn salad. Right. Um, Matt says, and it's hard to reconcile seemingly purely instinctual Gorn we're seeing and the fact that at least some faction is engaging in some sort of diplomatic level. Right. They drew up the demarcation line. I mean, yeah, exactly. (sighs) So I don't know. It's um, I mean, it was an exciting episode and there were some great visuals in it. I like some of the character work that was going on. I hate to just be like complaining about this episode the whole because I really like the show. Um, Mm -hmm. The whole Gorn thing doesn't do much for me, though. I mean, to be honest, yeah, more like Xenomorphs doesn't help because they may as well just be Xenomorphs. Right. Right. Also, they weren't singing, so. No, oh, come on. <laughs> we can't have more than one week of that. Um, I will, I've got a couple of things. One, this is something that I have been meaning to say for 10 damn weeks now. So okay. if I don't get it in now, I, I've lost all opportunity to do so. I love the new title sequence. Oh, yeah. God, oh, it's good. so good. Yeah. The other thing is the, the battle uniforms. That that is some sexy stuff right there. That is, <laughs> I'm not playing. That is a good looking uniform. They were, I noticed they were very reflective and shiny. That's true, but they do make they they do look more protective than just beaming down in your regular duty costume. Thank yes. you. Which exactly. Done forever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, Insane. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I thought that Christine's like uh, duty jacket looked yeah. really cool. That that looked really sharp. I liked it a lot. Anyway, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Just wanted to get that out there. I give him credit for getting some things right because um, one of the things they never used to do in the old series was, I, I guess, what, what was Christine? Where was she? Was she in sick bay where she was looking at Spark? No, or no, I think she was in a corridor. Yeah, sick bay uh, was already destroyed. That's why yeah. they said that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. One, one thing I thought they did really cool that it makes all sense on the spaceship was she had a space suit at easy access to mm-hmm. her. And that's something that they used to not do all the time. Remember how many times the original series con or somebody like turned off the oxygen on the bridge and everybody fell out? And you think yeah. of a real space in a real spaceship, they'd have at least an oxygen tank under yeah, there, like right? under oh, their yeah. under their yeah. console or something. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I thought that was really cool that wherever part of the ship she was in, there was a space emergency space yeah. suit nearby. I thought that was cool. Yeah. That was and cool. I like that she grabbed the flashlight to try to signal it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah. did I. I'm gonna forgive yeah. her for seeing Spock flying by in a spacesuit and beating on the window. Yes. Well, it's your immediate reaction. It's your instinct. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to let that go. <laughs> right. I feel like I mean, any of us, if we were in space and trapped, we saw someone we knew flying by, we'd yes. still bang on the window. I'd be yeah. like, hey. I mean, if your flashlight was dead, you know, that would get his attention, <laughs> but it's, it's out dead. loud, like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if he had hurt her, that would have hurt the episode for me. Yes. Christine. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. Um, Matt says, what was the purpose of letting George Kirk on the landing party? He was pretty useless last time. Well, yeah. because he wants another shot at being a, you know, 
competent dude. Well, he's which I'm Cisco sorry. Yeah, Cisco say, would Cisco never have let somebody like that on his landing party. No. Cisco also wouldn't have almost up Chuck on the shuttle ride. That's true. <laughs> you see, you see Cisco going before the shuttle's <laughs> flying. No, no. Even if he was feeling like that, no. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean George Kirk is a xenobiologist, so I mean it makes sense to bring yes. him along, even though he was agreed last time. So it's agreed. not like he was just—they're just bringing dead weight along with him. Um, he did sort of just walk into that briefing, which I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> right? Because he did—he's like, he did... I know what's going on, and I know what they're going to do. <laughs> but but Pike did specifically say, "Command crew." Yeah. Is 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 Kirk in the command structure? No, I mean, I don't think that I don't. I don't think that. I mean, but Ahura was in there, though. Right. I don't think, but you know, I mean, I know she's a communications officer, but yeah, the bridge crew's always been sort of just. You could be an ensign like Harry Kim and still be exactly staff. Right. That that's just Star Trek's always done that. Like Chekhov would be on the briefing on the exactly singing "Daydream Believer" or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Clarence thinks that the window scene was great. The visuals of it. Yeah. 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 I loved, I loved that scene where she catches the glimpse of the enterprise through the window and she just yeah. walks up to him and she's like, hope, you know, yeah. Yeah. she, oh, I think Jess Bush is so phenomenally good. She is. I agree. Man, love her. But you know, I, I I'm going to say, I love this entire cast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, extended cast too. I love the guy who plays George Kirk. I love uh, the gal who plays Battelle. I love the guy who plays Admiral April. I just, I think they're all just a phenomenal cast. Mitchell. Yes. Yeah. Mitchell's great. Yes, exactly. Um, Matt says, I would think they wouldn't bring the xenobiologist unless the planet was secure though. I mean, maybe, but they're well, going up against an, an alien they know very little about. So, I mean, I could see the value of bringing a biologist with us. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Or they could have just been like, yeah, you get your turn to fight the Borg again because you were in the last episode with the, with the, with the Yeah, exactly. The Borg, I think. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> he really has had a lot of scenes this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's had a Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Shows, like this, shows like this do make me miss the original series and then Enterprise that always carried security guards on missions like this. I mean, that's a different aesthetic, but you really would have security on these things no matter what. On was with right. them. Well, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but I'd bring like if you have Makos, still I'd bring the Makos. Yeah, like the, the original security. Like, I'm bringing Mustache Man. I mean, like, yeah, know, like, yeah, the original security where you truly had a whole security team like an Apple, where they just kept killing them one after the other. Yeah, but I mean, bring the Marines with you if you're or the, yeah. the Seals if you're going to that. Situation. Yeah, totally, totally. Actually, yeah. actually the, the Charles the Makos were the best security that I've ever seen in Star Trek. Actually, oh yeah, I love yeah, the Makos. Sure. They were awesome. Well, exactly. And they, they, that should be something that's on every ship. Um, Wayne says George Kirk's role reminds me a lot of that extra guy from galaxy quest. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh God. I I love it. You know, Wayne makes a good point because he also Kirk always comes in with this, like almost exaggerated enthusiasm, just like that guy did in galaxy (laughs) quest. I had never thought about the connection, but that's a great one. Yeah, uh, that's nice. All right, so when I have a question, when where mm-hmm. so when Spock and Chapel reunite, and uh-huh. Spock's like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. Uh huh. What what is Spock apologizing for? Maybe I'm missing something in their relationship back and forth. But what did what did Spock do that he's apologizing for? 
Well, he he kind of made a scene the other that other episode where he kind of said because he went off and pouted. Huh? Yeah, why didn't you tell me you were going to take the thing with Dr. Corby? I guess I mean, he's apologized for that. He wasn't seeing she's like a musical number about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I just feel like I know I feel well, like that was in that relationship. That was a, well, he's a little out of character because Spark, even with all the stuff they're trying to say, Spark really wouldn't be saying, I'm sorry. I actually made a note that uh, even though he was supposed to be emotional in the Cobra Might maneuver when Kirk had a fit and said, remember the whole thing where he said in chess, when one is overmatched, the game is over. And Kirk right. snapped him and said, is that your bet? And he goes, I'm sorry. I regret. He almost said, I'm sorry, but he said, I regret. So I kind of thought, yeah. But again, you're talking about a, a Spock 10 years from now. Yeah. You're not talking about you're... right now, present day Spock. This is yeah. a Spock who's going to grow into that guy that you're talking about. Well, should I say again, I don't like this Spock? Yes, you can say that all you want. <laughs> you, know, you know, he should have those singing plants in his quarters. And just every time he goes to his quarters, he just, he just brings out a big smile. And he just smiles at him every once in a while. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I yeah. actually, uh, and, and I don't mean this as a joke, but I actually chuckled when they were talking about who could go down. And Mabinga goes, I would like to go. I'm like, yeah, you go down and kill everybody. So exactly. <laughs> I, I'd, I actually, I'd be like, hey, can I have some of that super soldier serum you got? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Right. That's what have I was thinking. I was a... like, now's the time to use that stuff. No kidding. I mean, have you ever seen a Star Trek where your chief medical officer is like your best fighter? I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He can kill him and heal him at the same time. <laughs> yep. Right. No, I mean, I think this episode's fun enough to watch. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's. Yeah. Dramatic I and great visuals in it, and yeah. I know I'm sort of picking at it this week, but there was a lot of stuff I felt like more so than usual to pick at, which yeah, happens. But um, yeah, I mean, we might be looking at a year and a half, two years before we find out if I figure out something to do. So uh, he's still standing on the bridge, deciding what to do. Going, <laughs> well, he's got plenty of time to figure it out. So, um, oh, Vandy Beth commented on our Facebook page, oh. but I, now Beth. I don't. Now I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Dad it. I, I don't know. Anyway, it has something to do with the the hiatus. I think I don't know. Okay. Shoot. One thing I one other note I made real quick when they put the uh, the captain in because um, she's got a little concern about the Gorn. Um, I made a note. You know, starships really need to go back to old fashioned rooms with doors and not just stasis fields and force fields which always yeah. drop at the most inconvenient time because they're like, oh, I'll put a stasis field in there and put it. Like, yeah. You need to put her in a room with, you know, middle submarine things where you twist the thing. You need to put her in a door because the power's going to go out and she's going to break out and then she's going to be running over board ba- uh, uh, Gorn baby inside. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because yeah. they do right? they, they're doing very much of trying to be this the Borg of the show. I now I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Vandy Beth commented. And this goes back to what I was saying about the the hiatus. Well, we don't know how long it's going to be until the next season. She says, okay. I hope they already know how this story ends. You know, mm-hmm. and that goes back to Best mm. of Both Worlds, where they wrote the first episode. They closed up shop for the season and right. they did not have an outline yeah. or anything for part two until they yeah. reconvened three months later to start working on the second season. And then they were like, well, what are we going to do now? How do we get out of that? Right. <laughs> well, at this point. So, they for sure do because the season's at least partially or mostly written for yes. next year. Like they're already like ready to start filming the season when yes. the strike happens. But at this point, they know what happened. Whether they knew that when they rolled cameras on the last episode, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, we'll find out that, but that's, that's 
for any cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, you're you're banking a long wait on it being something good. So hopefully it's something good. I'm going to expect that they rescue some of those people or all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, Granda came back and back. I was like, well, leave Orbit. We're leaving. <laughs> we were ordered to go. And they just fly off to the next adventure. Exactly. And you know that's not going to happen. No. Come on. <laughs> um, it's funny that uh, at the beginning of the episode, April was like, now I know you and you and Battelle are, are you know, smoochy smoochy. So I hope that's not going to compromise your judgment. No, sir, it will not. Immediately, he goes and says, get a shuttle. We're going across the line. Screw everybody. Screw the Gorn. We're going to do this. And I was right. like, you're, you're pretty compromised there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'll go by myself if I have to. Like, yep. that, that's a rational decision to make. Yep. <laughs> Clarence just had a great. I just noticed that Clarence had a great comment that just came up. Which Clarence's? The, the most recent comment, I think, is a stellar comment to make. Stasis field. It would have been a perfect moment to put Captain Battelle in the transporter. Buffer. Right. That's what I thought <laughs> yes. they were going to do. Yeah. yeah. And they, and and they, they still, still may. They still yeah. may. Right. They better. But that's that. And that's one of the things I would love. Like, I hope the writers thought of that because you clearly established that on the show at this point. Yep. Exactly. Several times, you know? Multiple it, times, yeah, like all a, of the first season. Several and times that would be a season. good payoff for that technology. Yeah. Because well, that's not also, get out of, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say that because that's not a get out of jail free card because you've set that up on two seasons of the show now. So now you can use it and be like, ha see, it works. Here's what, here's what needs to happen. It needs to be Scotty involved in doing that because that sets the stage for him doing it for himself way later where he ends up on next generation. Yeah. He or gets he can, the idea from it, from this episode. Yeah. Or he can like put her in there for 75 years. and <laughs> We just never find out what happens. There you go. No, yeah. I'm Scotty Mabinga. He's mastered how to keep people in the buffer. <laughs> He'll do it. Yeah. Maybe. He might delete you though. <laughs> I would love a big be in charge of that. <laughs> I mean, the dude's a doctor, transporter expert, assassin. He's he's got all kinds of talent. If he could cook, right. Pike would be in trouble. <laughs> if he could make decisions, Pike would be in trouble. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, any any closing thoughts on before we before we wrap this thing? It was actually fun, and I will say this: one thing, it's a, it's a it's a good record. The only episode of Strange New Worlds I have truly despised is that one from season one with the what was it called? The fairy tale one. Yes. Yeah, the fairy tale one. Um, this one was yeah. I this is literally I I enjoyed it. You know, all my feelings about the canon and stuff. It was an exciting episode. It was a good episode, and that that's not bad to say. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun. I'm picking at it, but it's a show I like, and so I'm I'm, I'm picking at it. Exactly. I, I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the adventure, whether I like everything that happens in the episode or not. I right. like the fairy tale one. I think it was my favorite from the first season, and this episode, after coming off Subspace Rhapsody, was very difficult for me. You're probably mm. not going to listen to this one on a loop for the next week. <laughs> no. 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 I'm yeah. probably not going to watch it seven times in one day and just keep playing it over and over again and listen to it while I'm working. Right. That's not something I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> Our closing comment comes from Eric Watts. Dr. Embadass. Hey. <laughs> well, this nice. is true. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, there Alan, you. where can people find more of you? Well, let me tell you, I have a couple of other podcasts that you could listen for. And one of them is Modern Musicology. We have a show about the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon coming up in a couple of mm. weeks. We have just put out the first of two episodes recapping the releases from 1988. Part two of that will be out this coming Monday. And then I also have a 
Doctor Who podcast called Doctor Who Alton to Zygon or Doctor Who A to Z. <laughs> so awesome. go look for those. They're worth your time. You? And how about you, Keith? You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook, primarily the ESL Network Facebook groups, and my phone updated Twitter to X today, so I guess I'm on X now as well. Oh, just just now? Yeah, just today. Oh, I wow. didn't operate it. It changed from that little <laughs> blue bird to the X. Oh, the bird is gone. The bird. Wow. Now I feel like I'm doing something unseemly every time I launch Twitter. Make sure you tell your wife what that app is. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> I swear to God, it's Twitter. I don't know. It's Elon Musk. Yeah, otherwise you're going to get bam, chicka, bam, bam. Right? You know it. Uh, Ooh, how about baby. you, Bronco? So I have a performer Facebook page, Dabo Woman. Um, that's where we're putting a lot of our more um, adult content and really anything performer-wise that um, I'm doing myself. Um, I also started a TikTok page where I'm talking about Star Trek and also posting things really? about my dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because she's adorable. Um, but uh, the the TikTok is fairly new, Double Woman 8. Um, and of course, Double Woman is the There were the s- seven other Dabo women before you? <laughs> well, there was Dabo Woman, and eight's my lucky number, so Double Woman 8. Yeah. Oh, I see. Ah. Yeah. Oh, now, what yeah. do you want Facebook? Um, I'm double woman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Twitter, same thing. I don't do Twitter. Yeah, you got a Twitter that's double woman. You oh, remember that? Yeah, I have it. I have an X that's double woman. <laughs> that's true. Oh, oh, it's double woman eight also. Okay. Yes, I have an X. Okay. And and you can I'm find both X. of us at Felt Nerdy. Yes. Um, where we're we're starting to post some updates for our our shows that we're working on for Dragon Con. So. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Follow that. We've got uh, four shows of our own mm-hmm. at Dragon Con. Plus, uh, we're doing another nice. kids workshop for crafting, and we're doing the Late Night Puppet Slam, and we maybe do something else as well. But we're gonna be all over it, so we're in Dragon Con mode right now. So yeah. follow Felt Nerdy, and um, you can see our our general content. And if you want to see the more adult, not safe for work stuff, that's on Bronco's Dava Woman page. We're trying to keep the Felt Nerdy Facebook page yeah. family friendly and keep the other stuff somewhere else. So <laughs> uh, where else can people find us, Bronco? Bunking Around, a podcast about the monkeys. And do you have a closing for us this week? Breaking Case of Gorn. Hey, that's good. That was good. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. Perfect. I'm so glad it. no one had said that before during the podcast. I was so worried. <laughs> We're all shocked. <laughs> I'm still yeah, dying about man. I'm still dying about the guy saying if he'd open up the case, there was like an old cannon in there, the bamboo cannon. It's <laughs> hilarious. All right. Everybody who watched and commented, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Guys. We will see you next season in two years or so. No, n- seriously, we'll be back next week. Yes, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're joined by Matt and Elaine Sweatman, and we're going to be talking about Star Trek, the original series, season three. Yes. So if you've been following Matt's season three ranking account on our Facebook page, we're going to have a discussion about that season specifically next week. And you can hold him accountable for his choices. <laughs> You'll pay for his crimes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This 
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.